This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode number six, doing it live, pre-recorded. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Diablo. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Shattered Soulstone is now found on Stitcher Radio. Go to stitcher.com slash soulstone. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R dot com slash soulstone, all one word. Register the promo code SOULSTONE to be entered to win a $100 prize, and you will automatically add Shattered Soulstone to your favorites when you install the app on your smartphone. That's ditcher.com slash soulstone. You have quite a treasure there in that Horodric cube. From the far reaches and burning depths of sanctuary comes... Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo podcast. It's beginning to feel like some great evil is permeating the air around here. Now, your hosts, Nevik, Breja, and Jen. Stay a while and listen. Welcome to episode number six of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is Friday, December 30th, and I am your host, Nevik, and I am joined, of course, by my two co-joys and a special, a special kangaroo, I guess you could, you, you could consider him, but let, let's, let's get to the introductions. Breja, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, Nevik, and how have you been doing? Uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Jen, <laughs> <laughs> how are you? I'm doing good. I got Diablo stuff for Christmas, so I'm pretty happy. Yay! Actually, I think most of us got some, at least something Diablo-related for Christmas. But our special guest is none other than the kangaroo, Papa himself, Medipop. How warm and fuzzy is your sweater tonight? Okay, uh, <laughs> l- l- let me clarify a couple things for you here, Nevik. Medipop? No. <laughs> Second is... Tour, not sweater. Oh, it's totally. And uh, I am doing very good. Uh, I have a beautiful book in front of me, and I'm ready to talk. Well, that's good. We we will get to that book eventually, at some point, eventually. <laughs> so uh, we have a lot of email. So let's let's jump right into it. Oh, you know what? Okay. Can you send my companion off and do that. Oh, oh, yes. Send your companion off. That sounds vaguely familiar to my co-host of the Overlords, Rillan Dune, sending a text to his wife saying, "Hey, could you grab me a beer?" <laughs> uh, if, only, <laughs> if only my companion really did respond to that, but that's another story altogether. Yeah. So, like I said, we have a lot of emails, and um, after after we get to the emails, we will we we're gonna do the the live contest drawing, or. Yeah, we're going to do the contest live on the show. We're doing it live. <laughs> live on the show. By the time you hear it, of course, it'll be recorded. But, yes. You know, we, none of us know at this moment who will win. Is it like lottery balls in a, in a, in a you know, turn their thing in it mixes up the balls or what? Well, I figured I would put, um, I, I would put some slips of paper or uh, mothballs and write everybody's name on them and, and stick them inside of a sweater and draw them from the sweater. Oh. Just make sure you don't bring the lightsaber near the sweater because it might burn. 
<laughs> yeah. So, okay. Uh, the first email we got is from a Swedish person by the name of Rotar. So hopefully I don't I don't butcher this because I really like Swedish people. So, anyways, he says hi and thanks for a great Diablo podcast. So what I wonder is what you think about the Paladin in Diablo 3. That they only have plans to have him as an NPC now at release. Since it was a character that you saw all the time in Diablo 2, do you believe that they are saving it for an expansion, or just that they're trying to get rid of them? Well, I I'm just going to interject here in state, you know, even though the Paladin is, in my opinion, just a, just a, a you know, a small peg above the Barbarian, I, it wouldn't be the same without Paladins. You know, Barbarians, sure, get rid of them. Who, who needs Barbarians? But Paladins, we, we need our, we need our hammer-wielding you know, beacons of light. Well, you gotta have something else besides sorceresses. You know, sorcerers, you need some yeah. sort of meat <laughs> shield. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were the last bastions of hope, fighting yeah, up at Mount yeah. Ariat before Bial got up to the top. So you know, I mean, who else was doing it? Certainly wasn't the sorcerers. And we all know how that went, don't we? Hey, it's not their <laughs> fault that Tyrael blew up the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> And well, I, I guess I guess you could say that it's not the barbarians' fault that the demons even found out about Sanctuary in the first place. But that's neither here nor there. The barbarians clearly didn't fight hard enough, and therefore Tyrael had to step in and take the ultimate measure to try and prevent the utter destruction of Sanctuary. <laughs> Alrighty then. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> But I think we're talking about paladins here, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, the the plate-wearing uh, meat shields. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those paladins. I like paladins. I have two of them. But that's a different game altogether. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's a different game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Ratar... Yeah, I, I think that's how I pronounced it at the beginning. Um, continues, since I've... Um, wow, maybe I should have finished this sentence before I interjected. But anyways, he's he did continue on saying, Since I've always played, been playing a paladin in Diablo 2, he was a hammerdin, for farming and fun play. So it's a bit sad to not see them there. Kind regards, Ratar the Swede. So, yeah, what was it? Last, last episode... We're, we were talking about this with Curly, and oh my, you know what? I just realized I I had a complete hosting fail in episode five. I totally didn't plug Curly, although uh, that sounded really bad. But <laughs> <laughs> well, family friendly thing show. In there, but I'm, <laughs> I meant plug his Twitter. That doesn't. I uh, let, let. That doesn't sound any better. <laughs> just say where his Twitter is. Yeah, I I didn't <laughs> have. We'll him just go there. there. Yeah, I didn't have him, you know, tell us where, where we could find him on the internet. So, I'm sorry, Curly, but you can find his Twitter, and I'm really sorry, Ratar, that I'm doing this right now, but um, you can find him on Twitter at CurlyQ70, and that's Curly with a K, not a not a C. So, anyways, so, yeah, so we, we were talking about this last episode, and I definitely feel that the first expansion, if it doesn't have... A paladin equivalent, I, I would be severely um, shocked because I mean, the, we we've always had 
well, actually I shouldn't say we've always had, because we've only had two Diablo games. And right, and the first one definitely did not have a balance. No, you had Warrior, Rogue, and, uh, and Wizard. Mage? Something like that. Probably Mage. The first one? Yeah. The first one you had Barbarian, um, Warrior, Rogue, and, well, maybe it was Warrior instead of Barbarian, it was one of the two. You had a Rogue, which is shooting arrows, mm -hmm. and then you had a Sorcerer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I believe it was actually was it. called Mage, but... Was it Mage? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. You can see I didn't play that one. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there was only three, and none of them were a Paladin. Yeah. So, it's not something that's been throughout the entire history of the game. Right. So, I, but yeah, I there's going to be Paladins, or some form of Paladin in an expansion. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guarantee it. I guarantee it. We'll see what they do. Um, I know that Blizzard hasn't actually come out and said why they haven't put those back in, like paladins and like assassins or druids. But the fact is, I think the developers wanted to kind of edge on further development of the world of Sanctuary and kind of spread out with new heroes to try to kind of move the story along. Mm -hmm. Well, something I will probably we can mention a little bit later with the Book of Cain, but I noticed that. Uh, so it kind of picked out paladins with one of the things that were kind of mentioned in there about the lands. So it's possible we might see something. And I think they want to use the Templar, which is one of your companions, kind of as the backdrop of what a paladin could be at the current timeline in the Diablo universe. See, that kind of sounds like maybe leading up to an expansion, adding a paladin, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. kind of seeing how it works with this and then letting characters, like, players actually be one of those mm -hmm. in a future expansion. I could see that. Yeah, like I said, I would be shocked if they did not include some form of paladin in the in the first expansion. And, actually, you know what? I, I would actually be surprised if they didn't include a druid style, a druid archetype as well. Because that that was mentioned in the bark, uh, in the bark? In the bark of Cain. Yes, the book of Cain. Or stay a while and rough. <laughs> that was a I guess you could say that was a Freudian slip <laughs> but yeah so yeah Retard do not despair you, you'll have your paladin or templar or something in the future but in the meantime you, you can you can play as a, as a sorceress wizard you know why, why would you want to play as anything else because demon hunters get to shoot crossbows that's why <laughs> okay well yeah yeah. Anyway. But anyways, <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, Bracia, do, do you want to read the email from Amatos? Amatos writes to us, uh, Hey, sorry about the length of my last email. Not a problem, Amatos. Anytime you want to give us good ones. And the multiple grammatical errors, don't worry. I write crazy things all the time. It is the. It was during my lunch when I was typing it up, and my hands were full with a guild meeting as well. Oh my goodness, multitasking. Wow. serious multitasking going on there. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully this e email will be more concise. Your early morning cobwebs and my failure to proofread my email <laughs> left more to be desired. But in any case, I was happy to be part of the episode. We are happy you were there too. By the way, I was talking about my brother in the last email, and the DOA meant dead on arrival. Yeah, I kind of realized that in listening back after episode four, I was like, oh, yeah, DOA, dead on arrival. Because, yeah, the uh, Diablo podcast has kind of taken a hiatus, I've noticed. I, uh, I don't know. Put out a couple recently. 
Yeah, well, I haven't seen some. I haven't seen anything for what two weeks now. I think that was the last episode. But anyways, that's uh, the holiday I, season. Yeah, it's the holidays. That's true, that's true. I, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I've been swamped with work and with holiday stuff. So I, 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 I will not complain about a lack of, of the Diablo podcast putting out a podcast out there. So, well, amateurs. Uh continues you should mention the skill calculator on the Diablo 3 website and he gave us a link there which we can kind of put through later on mm-hmm. um, yes yeah a link <laughs> directly to the barbarian <laughs> <laughs> which he put I didn't intentionally link the, to the barbarian it just came out that way so don't hate Nevik oh don't oh, <laughs> I anticipated your reaction <laughs> I visited okay. it when I was first uh, went up months ago but only until today have I returned to this awesome tool I heard the, that they updated it recently, so I had to see the new values. I started chasing down my dream of having a revived necromancer in Diablo 3 and came to realize that um, all of my runestones were alabaster. And he kind of gave us another link of what his um, uh, witch doctor would look like with all of these alabaster runes, which basically helped him to create the revive effect where you can summon creatures, revive them, and it'll be even more powerful and basically send an army of that against everything. Uh, so, yeah. essentially he has created a minion-esque version possible derived mostly from command skill. Yep. He goes on to say, I do wonder, however, I do, however, wonder how big the fetish army is. In that skill's description, it says, summon an army of fetishes. I'm guessing perhaps three or four. I guess if they're from San Francisco, it could be a huge army. I so totally did not. Say <laughs> that. Are you saying there are a lot of minions I'm there? I'm shocked that you do that, Nev. I'm oh really my. surprised that you would say that. Oh, hey, hey I have. Well, maybe, I I drive through San Francisco on a regular and, basis. And your logo so. on on Skype is yeah. the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Yep, 49ers. Playoffs. Oh, With sorry. lots of fetishes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, as you might suspect from his Diablo 2 revived build mentioned in the fourth podcast, uh, an army is nothing short of 30 soldiers in his book. So, with the new math, I have a minimum of three fetishes, two hunter fetishes, a big bad voodoo, a gargantuan, and seven, I'm sorry, four zombie dogs with the help of the zombie handler. That comes to at least 11 minions at level 29 with rank 4 runestones. And I will also have a 55 to 78 percent chance of getting an extra dog with each sacrifice and/or kill. Of course, I had to add in mass confusion to make the enemy fight for me for eight seconds. Not a revived necromancer, but enough to satiate my RTS-like build style. I hope that they, at some point, introduce a, a necromancer-style class like proper. That that way you can. Uh, I, I wonder. If, wonder if the secret level. Because we know there's going to be a secret level if it's going to be um, unicorns this time instead of cows. Secret oh <laughs> unicorn level. <laughs> you get so many it people would angry. A lot. It, it would be complete with 8 bit graphics, too, and rainbows. Oh, and many Okay, fetishes. if you do the 8 bit graphics, then I'm in. Then, it, then it's cool again. <laughs> but otherwise, no. Looking at what Curly's put here, I, I mean, not Curly, um, Amatus, sorry. Um, I agree with them. It's like what they're trying to put together is they want to do a more active style of playing, 
and when we you look at the necromancer and summoning an army of creatures to fight for you, you really don't have to do very much other than summon. Um, you maybe throw a few curses on to slow things down or to weaken them, but other than that, you really just relied on your army to kill everything, and I think this way, uh, you could still have that summoning effect, but you still have to do some things to help finish off monsters. Yeah, in instead of just sitting in the back looking pretty, you actually have to get your hands a little bit dirty. <laughs> well, Amethyst goes on uh, to give us a nice little list here. And finally, to address your misguided allegiance to the sub-character class known as the Wizard, here are the top ten obvious reasons not to be a wizard in Diablo 3, courtesy of the Home Office in Irvine, California. Number ten, short of revealing green dress, the Diablo 3 male wizard is a dead ringer for the Diablo 2 sorceress. Hmm. Interesting. Number nine, the Archon skill. Hmm. Starcraft is that way. Points to the west. Well, of course it's to the west. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, wizards are always having to clarify that their nickname, the Big Wiz, is not related to a vowel movement. Oh my... Oh, wow. This is going middle school. For okay, <laughs> I, I'm thinking so. Number seven, constant bickering with the demon hunter over who gets the stiletto boots with magic vine. When clearly the demon hunter looks great in them. I think that the wizard would look just as great in them as well. Just just putting it out there. <laughs> Number six. Emissions from teleporting contribute to global warming. Plus, it's just plain annoying to the other classes. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Did I mention teleporting is annoying to the other classes? Oh, come on. Teleporting is the awesomest skill in the game. Number four. Having to put up with all those Harry Potter jokes. Now that I will agree with. That's gonna happen, I'm sure. <laughs> that one, that one, I believe will happen. Yeah, as as Rillanoon put it, he's gonna. Oh, he will forever refer to my wizard or sorceress as Hermione from now on. <laughs> God. I'm thinking of making the one just to call it Harry. You'll be so unique. <laughs> Nobody will ever have that one before. Oh, of course You're not. You'll be the only one in the whole Diablo. Or maybe so Ron. Uh, <laughs> one one. Anyway, number three, the followers. <laughs> one one. Ouch. What? <laughs> Lavender Brown. Uh, number three, the followers won't stop bringing up the last company Christmas party when the wizard got drunk and yelled a half-naked, unintelligible punk rock version of Ashford and Simpson's "Solid as Rock" before getting sick with the eggnog bowl. Oh, you you can say puking. That's fine. All right, puking. Number two, I got two words for you, pointy hats. Hey, pointy hats are cool, all right? Uh, um, and then the number one obvious reason not to be a wizard in Diablo 3, because the barbarian said so. Well, of Have course, the barbarian knows that they're they're not on equal on equal footing with with the wizard. So I mean, they they have to start a smear campaign just so that they can get they can get some people to actually play as a barbarian. You know, I mean, because obviously, you know, most people who 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 value who value the tactics and the strategery in using lightning and other elemental forces in arcane you know uh, obviously that that's that's just it goes way above them they they can't comprehend it so you know whatever they're barbarians Smash strategy 
Hey, it takes a lot to shock people to death, okay? Not really, just a live plug. Alright, so I think we have another email. Jeez. The show is getting weirder and weirder. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's coming off the rails, but that's fine. By the end of the show, we will be singing, you know, and dancing and and wearing our gaudy sweaters <laughs> and stiletto boots. Mm-hmm. Can't forget the stiletto boots. No pants, though. <laughs> oh no, no pants. <laughs> that, that would take away from the stiletto boots. <laughs> you have to. You have to accentuate the. This stiletto, but okay. Exactly. Anyways, anyway. And this is what happens when we record on Friday nights. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes. This, yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, so Jen, we we have an email from Sarota. We do. Sarota says, "Hi, Novik, Raja, and Jen. I am a listener of many Dawn Forge podcasts, and let me thank you for producing an entertaining podcast." Thanks, Sirota. We're glad you like it. And yeah, I can say I've seen Sirota in a few of the live chats in other Dawn Forge shows. So yeah, he definitely does listen to a lot of them. He goes on to say, I'm really enjoying the sitting around the table feel that you three managed to create. Reminds me of my old AD&D gaming nights when we, would, when we were just BSing after that night session about the different games we were playing at the time. Man, I, I almost misread that as HDHD gaming nights. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, all right, we're gonna play some Tetris, and then oh my goodness, look at that! Oh, it's time, it's time to play some Pokemon, and oh, oh wait, now now we're gonna play Magic the Gathering, and oh. <laughs> quite different, you know. <laughs> he goes on to say, in episode two of Shattered Soulstone, Novik mentioned how anyone could have played a Blizzard game but never have played Diablo or Diablo Two. Yeah, how is that possible? Well, <laughs> it He's happens. Sirota says he is one of those people. At the time of Diablo and Diablo 2 release, I was mostly playing real-time strategy games like Warcraft and Starcraft. First-person shooters like Doom, Castle Wolfenstein, and the Dark Forces Jedi Knight series. And flight sims like Microsoft Flight Sim, Combat Sim, Jane's Fighter Anthology, and LucasArts X-Wing Family. I was not into dungeon crawl games. Diablo and the SSI D&D games, Strategic Simulations, Inc., um, if any of you have played D&D, you're probably familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, held little interest for me. Eventually, I started craving a new game to play, and a co-worker recommended a fun dungeon crawl game to play, Dungeon Siege. After playing Dungeon Siege for a while, trying different classes, and classes are in quotes, I don't know anything about this game, I'm guessing the classes weren't too defined. He goes on to say, I became bored with it and went looking for a new game. I purchased Diablo 2 Battle Chest, but I became jaded with Dungeon Siege and just couldn't get into another dungeon crawl and ended up putting Diablo 2 on the shelf. Eventually, I made my way into World of Warcraft, bypassing Diablo's story completely. However, with all the hype for Diablo 3, I am actually looking forward towards the game. I already pre-ordered the Collector's Edition, in addition to signing up for the annual Okay, pass. okay, okay. Wait, wait a second, wait a second. That's a pretty big jump right there. To go from, <laughs> to go from, oh, you know, I, I, I just, I don't like dungeon crawlers. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, you know what? I love dungeon crawlers. I'm going to get the Collector's Edition. Well, okay, m- maybe, maybe Sirota doesn't know if, if they're really going to appreciate Diablo 3 or not, but... That's a pretty big jump to go from nothing. But it's still, it's so different from the first two yeah, games. Yeah, so, but you know, and if he's playing World of Warcraft, he's familiar with Blizzard. You know? Yeah. So you kind of know whether you like that or not. 
I don't know. I think there's a lot of people that did exactly what he did. Oh, yeah. I started out the same way, playing uh, Warcraft and Starcraft. And then I really didn't play Diablo for a while. I was still into console games. And then eventually, through console, is when I started with Diablo. So I can see him doing that. With everything that I said, you know, I I, I, I very, very um, warmly welcome Sorota into uh, the deviance known as loot whoring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy picking up all the shinies. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. It's going to be good. He's uh, got a little bit more in his email here. He says, As a junior member of the Diablo world, I'm hoping to learn more about the lore, the history, and player stories about the game. So keep up the good work and hope for many more podcasts. And that's Sirota from Dawn Blight, also from Argent Dawn, and Sirota Torin in the Dawnforge chat. That, that's that's actually Dragon Blight. This is for a server. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Dawn Light or something? Did I? What did I say? I don't know. Dawn Blight. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Dyslexia is fun. Okay, I meant Dragon Blight. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Sirota. I thought it was a really good explanation about where he came from. What are you looking at um, going into Diablo? And like, We're going to talk about it in a little bit, but I definitely suggest taking a look at the Book of Cain since you have no, you know, prior history of the original Diablo books, you're going to find a lot of it through that. Yeah, we are definitely going to cover the Book of Cain, and I don't know if I would put importance as as the right word, but it's definitely a great compendium of information. I'm sorry, I'm starting to mumble a little bit. I, I blame the long hours and the beer that I'm consuming, but that's okay. Oh, that could have something to do with it. More beer. <laughs> More beer. Hey, yeah. But, yeah, I, I I grew up with Diablo. In fact, I, I'm trying to remember if I played... I probably played Warcraft before I played Diablo, but I can't recall cr- um, clearly whether that happened in that order or not. But, yeah, th- there's just... There's something about the dungeon crawl that I really enjoyed and getting all that loot, and it was, oh, it was just... I, I lost so many hours of my life t- to Diablo 2. It's only been surpassed by WoW, so... Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that one. And definitely, Sirota, enjoy the um, Collector's Edition, because it's, it's beautiful. A lot of great stuff in there. I can't wait to ha- to hold that art book in, in my hands and, and have the soundtrack. Oh, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely going on my iPod. You know what I think should come in the, uh, in the Diablo 3 collection? Book of Cain. The Book of Cain? Yes. That would be cool, but I don't know how that works in terms of publishers. I do want to put it out there really quick that I applaud Blizzard for not do, not going to the $150 level with their collector's edition. I believe it's only going to be $100. By mm-hmm. not including a plastic statue. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I, I mean, I, I bought... Um, I bought Halo Reach because it was on sale, the Legendary, for $60, so I was like, ah. Oh. But then I, I sold the statue on eBay, but because, you know, I, I don't really need statues. But anyways, I, I'm just, I'm really, really, I, I cannot wait to get my Collector's Edition. I'm I'm actually probably going to go prepaid in full once, once we get closer to knowing when Diablo 3 will be coming out. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting to find out when... When it'll be close to when it comes out, and then I'll see if I have money for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what, why do you guys think it's been delayed at this point? 
because that's the Blizzard way. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean <laughs> it, 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 Diablo fans had a posting uh, on their site uh, last day or so. Uh, it was a uh, discussion over on the Italian forums. It was kind of translated from the Italian over to English for the site. And, you know, they say that, you know, uh, you know all this stuff is ready already. It's just a matter of, of polish. But they're taking a long time to polish. They still hadn't nailed down the absolute feature set of the game, like all of the mecha- the mechanical systems in the game. And uh, it was at BlizzCon where Jay Wilson was, you know, st- he, he admitted that they didn't know which direction they were going to go with how they were going to combat people having their spellbook open and dragging spells into their action bar, you know, while playing. So, Right. And they were still tweaking the uh, Demon Hunter mm-hmm. because it didn't have a... It, it lacked something at the beginning. I can't remember exactly what it was. That's, yeah, it, it lacked that, so they, they didn't realize that until the beta, so now they saw, okay, this has got to be fixed. There's probably other things we don't know about. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, they had in their mind that they wanted to originally probably get it out just before Christmas, but because they had to push it off with a couple of those major features that they needed to change, I think that they were looking, okay, I mean, because you can see right now, for almost the last two weeks, Blizzard had been completely quiet in every part of the, their mm-hmm. business. Yeah, there's So very, they didn't want to just all of a sudden say, okay, everybody, come back in, you're going to work all the way through Christmas, all the way new, through New Year's, just, you know, whatever we have to do to get it out. I think that they have all the major pieces back into place the way they want it. They're just kind of, if, you know, just maybe tightening a few bolts here and there to make sure that it's exactly what they want. And then instead of rushing it, they're going to just put it out on their own timeline. Yeah. Probably you'll see something in the next month and a half it coming out. And there's also the possibility that um, the legal ramifications of the Real Money Auction House, you know, uh, in... Oh, in, yeah. in a bunch of different countries is also a sticking point that they, they have to get those details ironed out before they can go live with the game. Because, you know, you, you can't really launch the game in any territory where you don't have approval on the on the real money auction house. So I, I'm sure that's something. And they also implemented the battle tag system, and that mm-hmm. just went live, you know, what, two weeks ago? So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's still going. I gotta wonder how the real money auction house thing works with different state laws in the United States regarding online gambling. If you're using real money, mm-hmm. that's got to be a tricky thing to work out. Yeah. Well, it probably could be as simple as it's not actually gambling, but it's a trading of goods, um, even virtual items online, so that it would be covered under like purchasing of online goods. Yeah. Yeah, that would work, but I still think it would take some time to sort all that out, you know. And it's probably a happy coincidence that they're still trying to iron iron out all the details on the real money auction house, and they're like, well, you know, we, we still have some time, so let's let's tweak a few systems, you know, let let's see how it goes, you know, we we can push it off a little bit, and you know, just add that extra layer of polish that you know most Blizzard fans love and have come to expect. Yeah, well, I also think uh, an important thing that they put in was. Somebody asked a question about the Korean market stalling it for the rest of the world. And Blizzard came straight out and said, well, you know, think about the other things we've released, like WoW, for example. They didn't release it in China, and they didn't hold it up for the rest of the world. They mm-hmm. ended up working with the government in order to create it the way the government wanted to. So then they would finally eventually release it there. They may do the same thing. If they can't get the real money auction house to work in 
like five or six other countries that they're trying to launch it in, well then they'll launch it without the real money auction house and see if they can actually get it to, to work afterwards. Yeah, there's there's no doubt that they they won't hold the game up. I I just I have a feeling that it's like a happy coincidence, you know, like like oh yeah, you know, we we still need to iron out some details, so let's take advantage of this, you know, and, and go back in and tweak things. At this point, I'm kind of glad that they didn't try to push it out in, you know, before 2012 because what would I be doing right now? I would not be playing Diablo 3 with the crazy hours that I'm working, so you know. Yeah, you'd be at work angry because you couldn't get to play Diablo 3 because of the crazy hours you're working. I'd be feeling more like a barbarian. I'd be, I'd be whirlwinding <laughs> through. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And I just think it's funny. Some of the questions were about um, just the conspiracy theory ideas of why they're holding on to it and not sending it out. And I think, to be honest, they're saying it the same way they are, you know. We're a big country, we, uh, company, we don't worry, like, I'm sure they have some thoughts about what other companies are doing, but in reality, they've got to worry about themselves, and they've got to worry about when can they make the money, when can they do, you know, is this product going to be what we really want? Sure, you might be able to play it from beginning to end, but maybe there's a few things in the later act, which none of us know about, because it's not even accessible in beta, that they said, okay, you know what, we did some more internal testing, this is not the way we want it, we need to change this part. They did have to go back and kind of retune a little bit to make sure that uh, the companions could be would be useful in anything above normal difficulty. But Blizzard doesn't develop in a vacuum, so I'm sure that them and Runic, you know, <laughs> have been talking with each other and collaborating, and and I'm sure. You know, this this might be a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but not in a bad way. I I'm sure Blizzard realized, hey, you know, sweaters coming out in December, so let's let's let our employees play sweater for a little while. I really, in the business world, it doesn't work quite like that. They don't worry at, as much about the other competition when they're the front runner. When you're the front runner, you worry about making sure your product is the best it possibly is, so that when you get it out there, everybody's continually looking at you. If you set it out there and it's glaring problems with it when you send it, set it out, that's going to actually hurt you because you've got nowhere to go but down. In your competition, all I have to do is make a good game, and they're better than you. And speaking of the business side of it, I, I'm sure that if the investors were, you know, demanding Blizzard to speed up their development process, that Blizzard would. But Blizzard's mm -hmm. Blizzard has... They're, they're one of the few developers out there that can get away with this, you know? And I, I say that as if it's, like, a bad thing. But it's, you know, they're they're one of the few... Well, they're so established. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. It's know. like, you know you're going to get quality from, from Blizzard. So, you know, it's worth the wait. Right. Plus, if they launched it, like, for a Christmas release or something like that, everyone got it on Christmas with all these problems... By the time, you know, the development team comes back from their holiday vacation, they're going to have, like, all these posts and forums, you know, complaining about whatever it was that had gone wrong. It makes sense to just wait. Poor EA and Bioware developers and net support guys. I feel bad for them. Okay, but we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we've gone on about that for far long enough. And we have one last email from Gabriel... And I, I'll tackle it because it's kind of short. I, he included some links to some uh, to some synopsis of lore, and I figured you know we we won't go into that with his email because we're going to be kind of sort of going through it with the Book of Cain. 
Right, and we can put those links into yes. the show notes. We'll, we'll include the links in the show notes, yeah. because it goes to the wiki pages, I believe. But anyways, he does say, hello, soul stoners. Oh, I like soul that. Soul stoners. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Oh, soul yeah. stoners. <laughs> I, I was going to do the laundry, but then I decided to go get some loot. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we make that a song? Yeah, probably. I might have to come up with a parody to uh, uh, that one song out there that that refers to how you were going to go do something, but then you decided that oh hey, I want to go something else happened instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I know that yeah. song. So Gabriel continues. Thanks for reading my last email. Uh, knowing the holidays are super busy for all, I did a little research to follow up my request on the story behind Diablo 1 and 2. Yay for the Intertron. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, Gabriel. <laughs> like we will too. definitely include those links in the show notes for anybody who does want to peruse them and doesn't have the Book of Cain. And after the links, he says, thanks for all the great links in Episode 4. I'll get my pre-order in ASAP, and now I've got another Diablo podcast to listen to. Which podcast did, did I did I talk about the World Stone Keep, or did I talk about Diablo podcast? Uh, I think we've mentioned both of them. Yeah, we before. probably mentioned both. We might of have them. mentioned both. Yeah. Uh, all different takes on Diablo universe, and it's very good. Yeah, from what I can gather, the World Stone Keep has pretty much gone video, and they're not on iTunes anymore. Or at least their RSS feed is broken. So. Oh. Okay. Well, maybe they'll fix yeah, that. so you, you can go to you can go to their website and it's uh, worldstonekeep.com. I'll, I'll look it up and we'll include it in the show notes. I don't really want to track yep. the show down by me googling it, but anyways, uh, he he also included a link. Um, as he says, I also found an interview with Blizzard's Mickey Nielsen, the publishing lead at Blizzard, and that interview was by Jesse, which is OMFG Kata on YouTube. OMFG. Yeah, oh, Jesse Cox. Oh, my feeling good. That's got yeah. it. Oh, my feeling good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thanks and happy holidays, <laughs> Gabriel. Well, thank you, Gabriel. Yeah, thank Gabriel. That was very yeah. nice. And we'll put we'll put those links into the show notes because they were really I read through them um, before the sh- not before the show today, but when you sent the email and they're very detailed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll include those so everyone can check it out. Yep. So, now it's time to do it live and figure out our contest winners. And I apologize for not having done this earlier, but like I said, holidays work. Yeah, things happen. But we're doing it right now, and that's the important thing. All right, so first up, and I, this is this is awesome radio. Awesome radio. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I'm just going to, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So to review, we've got three different prizes that go along with this contest. We have the clip case for the iPhone, which has got the image from the poster of the new Diablo on it. It looks very cool. We have a poster of Tyrael, which is huge and bright and shiny. And we have a Diablo 15-year anniversary CD. And I am going to random.org and plugging in the amount of entries that we have. And the first result is... Uh, wow. It would be our our good friend Gabriel. Wow! Hey, congratulations, Gabriel. Congrats, Gabriel. <laughs> That's awesome. 
You are one of our yep. winners. Yep, and he actually did specify that he would like either the poster or CD, so we'll see, we'll see how this plays out. We'll track it yeah. down, yeah. But he is our first winner, so he will have his pick of the litter, as as it were. Do, do you call... Is, is a... Is a... Uh, um... Wow, I'm totally failing on thinking of in, on thinking. <laughs> it's a gathering I'm of diablos. I'm a barbarian right now. Um, oh, how many beers have you had? Um, <laughs> not enough. Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's do this one more time. Awesome radio. Okay, and our second winner is Smokemus. All right, hey, congrats, Smokemus. And to remind you, these winners are chosen by random.org. It's a random drawing. Mm-hmm. There's no one cha- one person who has a better chance than another. You all have an equal chance. Yes. Thank you very much. Just getting the legal stuff out of the way. That's always good. Oh, okay. And our last winner is... Oh, boy. Okay. Awesome. No, actually, this is awesome. It's Ratar. Hey, congratulations, Ratar. I just personally want to say thank you to everyone who entered the contest. Uh, we had great information, some great emails, and personal contacts throughout the month. Um, and it was a lot of fun. We appreciate it. And we love hearing from everyone and you know, hearing everyone's stories about Diablo and their questions and comments and things like that. That's always yeah. good. So we do really appreciate everyone that contributed to the contest. And we're never going to call people out for slacking on sending stuff in, especially if they're a multiple submitter. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, like me? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yes, so Gabriel Smokemus and Ratar are our winners of our December contest, and we will have a we'll have another contest in the very near future. And yes, and, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I I could swear that one of the prizes lights up. Hmm. What could it be? Maybe. What could it be? Hmm. Anyways. <laughs> and so you see at night. It is not a lightsaber, that's for sure. Lightsaber. That's blasphemous. It's not a lightsaber. How dare you mention Star Wars on my Diablo podcast? I know. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So we we bought we we bought <laughs> we, we, we bought Medros. <laughs> we brought Medros on because well, actually, I think Medros brought himself on the show well you know i i, I did well, kind of way. recruit all of you for the show and it's kind of my yeah. company so i can tell you when i'm coming on the show yeah this yeah the, I, welcome medros i have, I have no have problem you. with that <laughs> we're happy you're here yeah. so we're, we're going to talk about the book of cain which was just recently released um in what is it insight uh, oh insight editions was the publishing company behind it that's right mm-hmm. and I have notes because I I, com- I finished the book the other day, uh, if you could call it a book, but um, it, it is a bound. Yes, it, pages, it's it's so a book. A it's a book. Format. Yes, it is a book, but uh, but it's not like the previous Diablo books, like the Sin War, where it's a narrative, where it's a story. Mm-hmm. Definitely, what you want to mention, it's not a novel. It is correct. More of a guide. I would say it's a cursory compendium. One of my first thoughts, and this is going to sound worse than, than it really is, um, that it is the Cliff Notes edition to Diablo. That would actually be oh, a, a, an accurate description. Uh, mm-hmm. I was wondering, Nevik, um, did you up and open the uh, the little bit on the last uh, inside cover? 
the the little envelope on, yes. on the inside. Yes, it has the map. And actually, that was one of the, the criticisms that I was going to have with the book. And listeners, please, please understand me. I, I love this book, and especially if anybody from Inside Edition actually ins- yeah, yeah, l- listens to this podcast. I am a designer, so I am very critical <laughs> on a, a lot of different design things. So, you know, t- take it with a little bit of, of uh, a grain of salt. You know, I, I'm I am a very, very particular designer. So, anyways, with all that being said, I I enjoyed I enjoyed reading it. I I enjoyed reading the Book of Cain. Uh, although it, it, I do have criticisms. The first thing I I appreciate that they were attempting to create a an old feeling, or like that the books were you know rag, or the pages of the book were ragged. But um, I have two criticisms. One, it's how, how would you call it? It's a perforated. They're basically the pages are perforated and then bound, and it doesn't really create that effect, in my opinion. It just kind of looks messy. But you know, like I said, I'm 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 hypercritical of a lot of different things. So, so yeah, I like that. I, I like that feel. It, it definitely had that impression on me. It had, gave me that feel of, okay, this book's been around a while. This was also another critique that I had. I I could I could deal with that, except this is heavy stock paper in the book, mm-hmm. and heavy stock wouldn't quite wear like that. And not only that, but the actual cover of the book is pristine, and you know there's there's no signs of wear on it. You know, no simulated signs of wear on it. So it's kind of like. You know, I, I appreciate what they were trying to accomplish, but if they wanted to really accomplish that, I think they should have used different stock of paper. Like they should have used something thinner, that would have, that would have, you know, made you believe. You know, that would have been a little bit easier to, you know, jump to that, uh, you know, suspend that disbelief that that this book has been around for a very, very, very long time. And that you're just now finding it in, oh, hey, look, it's beat up, it's worn, you know, it's old. You know what, though? I used to work in a bookstore, and if you send in a bunch of books from a game series that not everyone is going to be super-duper familiar with that look kind of worn, you run the risk of managers going, well, these are all damaged, let's send them back. And that kind of, you know, that's kind of my point, is that I I think that they could have just used heavy stock paper and not try to not do the perforated thing, you know? They could have just been. It could have been a clean cut. That's my criticism. Yeah, I think though they're trying to just find a balance between giving you something that can last a while, like a real, like book, have a feeling that you're carrying a some sort of tome of knowledge with you, with the idea they're also trying to mass produce these, you know, mm-hmm. so that exactly. they can get as many people involved in the whole storyline. Yeah. And you know, if you give them, you know, give people thin pages while still trying to create that old effect. I mean, the pages could be easily torn or ripped. I mean, this thing, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen when I'm flipping through. Yeah, and I appreciate that. What I liked about the, the way the pages are done is that they are, not a single page looks like it was text slapped on a, uh, a template. You know, every mm-hmm. ten pages, it looks the same. That didn't happen here, which really, really made me happy because it, it it was clear that Blizzard and Insight worked hard to make this look like a, a high-quality book, something that they spent a lot of time and energy to perfect. 
and I really appreciated that. If you notice that the very first um, page and last page are clean cut, that they are not perforated because they were on the edges in the print, obviously. So it's, you, you know, it's it's a very nitpicky thing, but that's the kind of designer that I am. So I apologize. You know, do not do not let any of my criticisms um, sour or taint your impressions of this book because I enjoyed it. It's just, you know, the designer inside of me, you know, it's like, oh, I would have done it slightly different. But, you know, that's that's just me as a designer. But um, uh, the, the one thing that I think um, the, the faux impression of wear and tear was done really well on the map that is included in the envelope in, on the inside of the back, on the back uh, cover. And... That, if they could have somehow accomplished that with the rest of the book, it would have been weird, but it would have also, you know, better better cemented that illusion that it, that it was old, but, you know. Now, is the map made out of paper, or is it cloth? No, it is actually the same paper stock as, as okay. the rest of the book. And that was another critique that I had. I, I actually, I think I would have preferred having, you know, the map of the world on the in on the inside of the front um, cover, you know, like on the first page sprawl of it, instead of having the letter to Leah in the as the first few pages, that could have been printed on rice paper and included in the envelope in the back. That. Oh yeah, I could see that. Okay. Yeah. It kind of because I mean I don't know. I looked at it as like it was an insert stuck at the end. Where you could take a look, oh, here's a special thing, and it's like, oh, it's a map. Yeah. And, you know, but yet the like the actual story itself had a letter to Leah um, at the end of it, which was, you know, obviously written directly from Deckard Cain himself. So, yeah, I could see that. That was one thing, as I was, as I was going through this book, I was like, you know, th- there's, there's something missing. The map, the map of the world of Sanctuary is missing. Mm-hmm. I saw the envelope thing at the back, and I was like, well, you know, I don't... I, I think that might be something really cool, so I don't want to spoil it j- just yet. You know, I want to get through the book, and then when I opened it up and I found that it was a map, I was like, oh. I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I still think that they could have done the map on the interior of the book, but, you know, it's, I, I'm nitpicky. And just to show how nitpicky I am... Um, <laughs> the font, the fonts that they used was rather interesting to me because they they were trying to recreate, you know, they they were trying to strike that balance between the the handwritten manuscript feel and the legibility of the text. I think they did okay. One thing that sticks out to me is the alignment of the sentences as they vary through paragraphs and sometimes pages, and sometimes you know they'll be left justified. Sometimes they'll start to you know, concave in on it a little bit, and it, I don't know, it's just, it just, I, I understand that if you're handwriting a manuscript, obviously you are not going to be able to, you know, be precise and perfect, so I, I understand that, but just the font that they decided to use was, it's very clean, it's, you know, it's super legible, and I appreciate that, but it doesn't really recreate the hand handwritten manuscript feel. Whereas when they did do the, um, when Deckard, you know, does his little circles and, you know, he has his little side notes on the side of the pages or whatever, you know, they, they decided to go with a different font that kind of looks like a handwritten font, but it's not quite because it's too perfect, you know? 
and uh, I don't know. See, people, I am a very, very <laughs> nitpicky person, okay? And with all that being said, I think this is a great book. If you have never played Diablo, you should pick up this book because it will it will catch you up with the lore. And you will know what you're getting into when you start playing Diablo 3, especially if you're getting it for free if you signed up for the WoW Annual Pass. That was my first thought when I, you know, got through a good portion of this was, okay, if you are getting the WoW Annual Pass, you need to have this. Especially if you aren't experienced and knowledgeable already in the Diablo universe. You know, I, I played Diablo, but I didn't... I didn't spend a lot of time getting to know the world and all the stuff that I probably should have done. So, you know, that was something that for me was... I really enjoyed, you know, getting that extra knowledge, that extra information that I didn't previously have. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this is essentially a, a wiki for Diablo in book form. For the font, you were talking about Nevik... I would have actually preferred if they put the font in the same font the entire book. The, yes. the font from the letter to Leah. Because mm-hmm. that would have made it feel more concise and more, oh, this fits. Okay, this works for me. It'd be a little bit more believable as a handwritten manuscript, in my opinion. Yeah. Let's get on to the good things about the book. The actual content of the book, especially the artwork. Oh, my goodness. This, this, the art is just absolutely gorgeous in this book. And... It, as an art book alone, you know, with some text in it, it's worth it's worth the money. And oh, I I do want to point out that the that it not it just doesn't cover the lore of the first two games. It also you know gives you synopsis of the Sin War and the Mage Clan Wars. And what what was the third one? Was there was a third one, right? Maybe not. I'm not aware of it. But maybe it's something linking into Diablo 3. Content of the book is good. So. Mm-hmm. And there's foreshadowing for Diablo 3, in fact, actually. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. On, what is it? On what, In the opening letter to Leah, in the very, very, very beginning of the book, I think it is. I'm just flipping through. It's actually the one I, at the end I think you're talking about. That. Uh... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm actually talking about something very specific in the very beginning. Uh, okay. Yeah, here it is. Um, at And at the end of days, wisdom shall be lost as justice falls upon the world of men. Valor shall turn to wrath and all hope will be swallowed by despair. Death at last shall spread its wings over all as fate lies shattered forever. If that is not foreshadowing as to who we're going to kill in Diablo 3, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that, that kind of idea woven throughout the story. Uh, Decker Kane pointed out a few times, even on his own writing. Definitely, there's going to be some uh, angelic deaths in this game. <laughs> Could be. This book definitely makes me excited for Diablo three. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what what story Blizzard has, and the the list of people who you know contributed to this book is almost a who's who of Blizzard's creative de- you know de- development team. Mm-hmm. You know, from their uh, from their lore masters to to you know the creative team led, led by Chris Metzen, uh, all through this is just chock full of really great people that know their stuff and know how to to you know tell great stories. And I'm really excited to see what they tell in Diablo Three. 
the reason I said that I think this book should be included in in the collection edition is because um, I think everybody who re who plays Diablo three should have a copy of this book. It's that informative, huh? It was very very helpful for me as somebody who is planning to get into Diablo three in really kind of getting a feel for the world, the history, and everything without having to go back. Because of all the respect, Diablo 1, I, I don't know anybody who's not playing on a 46 who wants to go back and experience that game uh, on modern hardware. Yeah, that's it's kind of a difficult... difficult. It kind of hurts yeah. your eyes just a bit. Yeah, It's difficult yeah. to get back into that game. I still like it, but... Oh, I love <laughs> it, without a doubt. It's, it's hard to... The graphics after a while are kind of hard to process after you're used to looking at in a more modern one. So. Yeah, even Diablo 2 doesn't doesn't hold up as well, but the gameplay is still there at least. Yeah, Diablo Diablo 2 still has the the feel that that I was kind of looking for. I have a question for you. Um, you know how recently they've been taking WoW and bridging it from one expansion to another with a book uh, in novel form, story form. Um, how do you think that this kind of format helps bridge players who may not be familiar with Diablo um, in this format of a book rather than a novel. This is definitely a very different novel from, from your WoW, you know, something like a, a, a Golden or a Knack novel. Mm -hmm. Extremely different. Uh, night and day different, really. As for how I feel about it, the time and the the level of content difference between this and, and the previous games. Uh, Diablo 3 was is expected to be leaps and bounds beyond what uh, what we saw out of um, Diablo 2. Diablo 2 was leaps and bounds beyond Diablo 1. So, you know, going from, you know, Wrath to Cataclysm in World of Warcraft can be done in a novel because there is enough there. There's enough stuff there. Um, there's enough recent stuff. You're not needing to give everything stuff they need to continue from what they currently have. You're telling the story of, of the of the change versus this book. You're telling them what they need to go from that to what they have now. You know, people shouldn't be expected to go back and play Diablo one and Diablo two to get into D TD three. But they should have that story, that, that lore, that knowledge to go into it so they know what to look for. This book gives it to them in a very mm -hmm. fun way. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys, but when I was reading this book, so many times I, I imagined the voice of Deckard Cain reading this book to me. And I loved it. Exactly. I mean, what I liked, um, and I'm glad you brought it up that way, because I'm looking at this, and if you look at it and you read through it, Basically, it's almost the exact journal that Deckard Cain might have spent years writing, um, where he doesn't go into detail about every little thing, but he mentions important people, important places, um, important artifacts that have all had some sort of impact on the history of Sanctuary. And he does it in a way that um, you can look and say, okay, well, I can see how the mages had um, their time in Sanctuary versus how you know, the heavens and the hells finally found out about Sanctuary, even though it was hidden from them for so long. And, you know, he's going through and saying, okay, I've looked at these things in history of 
sanctuary and these are the things that I found out I'm giving the world a condensed view of what happened and that catches up all the players that are new exactly because awesome. yeah. like you were saying Medros the story's already there with WoW and most players know about this and so bridging it from one expansion to another you have yourself a story that's already there you're creating a new part of a story you need something to bridge it so let's use a story form like a novel to do that and it's very um, it has a great impact while something like this Diablo in all essence unless you've been a Diablo player has been quiet for about 10 years now mm-hmm. and this I think yeah. is a great way because we've had a few questions about people asking oh where should I go to read it or where should I go to find out about it now you're gonna get all the details and the sin wars and in the mage clan mm-hmm. about what actually happened but if you want to find out like a couple of, of pages of what that meant at the time in Sanctuary and how that affected where we are now, you're going to get that out of the Book of Cain. Mm-hmm. So it's like a quicker way, mm-hmm. you know, without reading an entire trilogy. Yeah. Cliff notes. You know? <laughs> and then you could go back and check out the trilogy later if you want to, which I recommend. Yes, yeah. Yeah. The, nice. yeah, the books are yeah. the books are really Very really good. entertaining. Exactly. I just finished the second one, and I'm, I've got the third one for Christmas, so. Yeah, like I, I um, I, I read one of the books. I read uh, Legacy of Blood from the uh, Diablo Archive, and mm-hmm. you know stuff that was mentioned in that book was mentioned in 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 this. So, you know, it gave me a point of reference. Oh, okay, so this is when that is. You know, this is when those events happen, and so on. So, it's always great to have that information, so that you can, you know, really get a feel for. Say, you know, if you've read one book, but you haven't read them all, you need a reference, a frame of mind. And this is really this is really good because it gave me that. Mm-hmm. So it's like a timeline effect, sort of? A chronology? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's basically, if you look up a Wikipedia page on a country, it would give you the, the details of what's happened there. But it, it, it there's a lot more detail to the stuff that Cain experienced himself. Mm-hmm. It gives you a good jumping off point, too, that, you know, if you do want to really dig into the actual intricacies and details of everything that's been in the game and or the books, you know, you can always go to the Diablo Wiki and, you know, you, you see something and you want some more information on it, now now at least you know you can type that in as a keyword and then find out more information about it without having to, you know, read through like a thousand page compendium on absolutely everything that is there is in Diablo lore. Mm-hmm. Now, before reading this book at all, uh, Medros, did you have any questions about Diablo lore that you think got answered in this book or did not get answered in the book? I will admit that I did not have a lot of knowledge of the Diablo lore. So it was great to know, you know, okay, the Sin War, what was that all about? And the Mage Clan War um, and, you know, the history of all these places that were mentioned in you know, different places like just randomly surfing the Diablo wiki or stuff like that. So there was a lot of questions I had about the lore of, okay, when did this happen and what is this place? And, uh, okay, so there's angels and demons, but why do we seem to only seem to see the demons and one angel? You know, a lot of this stuff was really stuff that I was curious about. So, yes, I had a lot of my questions answered in this book, which is really nice. Yeah, but there's one really big question. Hmm, what's that? And that is... How is Leah exactly Deckard's niece? <laughs> I mean, it could it could be one of those cases where you know it's a it's um you know it's a uh, 
um, what was the word I'm looking for? Uh, metaphorical, you know, relationship, you know, like how you, you may be best friends with, you know, like the kid, the children of your best friend might refer to you as an uncle or an aunt, you know. Oh, that makes it, sense. Even, yeah, it could be. Even though like you're that. not related by blood, and actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, that that he's not actually not actually related by blood to her. I think he does explain that in the book because he explained where he says um, he even you know also refers to her as a daughter of sort, you know, not by blood but yeah, by but not by care blood. and love. So right? they're kind of an adopted family. Yeah. Possibly, or he, could, or she really could be his niece. I mean, and they, they didn't really. I mean, they, they answered the question of who her mother is, and it's Andaria, Adara, or Adaria, yep, or something like that. Yeah, it's assumed that Aiden is is, is the father. Uh, that was my assumption, anyway. Yeah. So how does he relate to Cain then? A more adopted, you know, surrogate. Adopted kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, it'd be more adoptive than blood. Okay, so, yeah. Well, that works out. I don't know if you guys are interested, but I have some theories on everything and how this is going to play out. Do we want to try something about talking about things like that, or leave it alone? Is it spoilery? I don't know what you're about to say, but I know there's got to be some people listening that don't want the yeah, book spoiled it, it would be for them spoilery. because they want to open it up themselves and learn it. So <laughs> I don't know what you're planning to say, but exactly. you know, keep that in mind. It has to do with kind of some things that I, I saw, to me, that looked like it stuck out in the story uh, about um, where things might go. I think Deckard's care of Leah goes beyond just having to know her mom and dad. Uh, I think it, he knows more about her than he leads on. Oh, like she's a chosen one or something. Well, that's definitely implied. Uh, sort of. Because she definitely yeah. has she has sensitivity to the forces around because of the visions that she had when he took her to um, oh my goodness, where did he take her? to? to was it to the deserts of, of Lucalain? Something like that. He, he, he ventured somewhere with her and she started having all kinds of visions and nightmares and he had to keep her confined in a tent. Yeah. Wow. Okay then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have more. I have more, but like you said, we don't. I don't want to exactly give away too much spoilery stuff, unless we put a big, big warning right here. <laughs> a lot of this will be revealed. I'm, I'm hoping. It, although I'm sure they're going to leave plenty of things that they're not going to answer for the expansions. But you know, obviously, the narrative of Diablo three is going to you know expound upon what's in this book, and you know take take the storyline in the direction that Metzen has envisioned now that they're going back to Diablo. Like some of the things that kind of, without going into it, that I can't help the way I think. Just do it. I'm just going to go on and say it. I think it's very curious that he spends a lot of time in this book talking about the angels when they really weren't a huge part of Diablo other than Tyrion. They weren't weren't a huge part of the the book series in the past either. No, but all of a sudden they are with this. Like, and I understand it's a point that you want to explain at the two opposing sides, but all of a sudden there is, like, this overwhelming explanation of it, and then how he goes into detail about what happened in Diablo 2, for example. Uh, like, he, he tells about what happened with the, the yeah. three prime evils, and the fact that they are not physically here, but they're physically gone from Sanctuary, but yet 
the influence is still going to be there, and there's a vessel for the influence now. Yeah. <laughs> of course Merely not. a setback. Right, exactly. And I think I it's interesting that... Go ahead. I'm sorry, that he pointed out in the, the book, like, when they're talking about the, the new lands, um, he specifically has written separately the five new warriors, I'm sorry, the five new mm -hmm. heroes we have on his own. But I also noticed that he mentioned four other ones. Are, are, are you sure? There's, what, witch doctor, demon hunter, wizard, uh, monk, and... There, there. Oh, Barbarian. right, barbarian. <laughs> That's right, that <laughs> That's last right. one. I just must have. I just must have. But he talked about visiting the land. We forgotten about that. Yeah. Blocked that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That one. Well, hey, there, there. I, I, I guess you know, I, I, I can show some empathy for the barbarians. You know, their lands were blown up, <laughs> and now they're again. the dread. That area is now known as the dreadlands. So poor barbarians. Yes, poor, poor barbarians. Yeah, they can't think, so they're stuck there. Oh, my. I'm so sad for those barbarians. So, anyway. <laughs> 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 well, another question I have for you, Medros, is, uh, you know, a lot of questions, you said a lot of questions have been answered for you with this. Are there any new questions that you specifically have after reading this? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> you want to share any of those? You know, a lot of them are, are stuff like, okay, how does this fit into what we're going to see in Diablo 3? What of this book is lead up and, you know, teasing for what we're going to see in the new, you know, in the new version of, of Diablo? Um, but uh, there's also a fair bit of, okay, so where are you going to go from here? You know, what, you know, could, could there be, you know, the book of Cain from Leia's perspective or you know something like that or is this a one time only thing I, I would like to maybe come up with her uh, you know her version or an update to the Book of Cain um, for say an expansion to Diablo 3 uh, where it kind of gives you know other hints and other you know t tidbits that will help us in that expansion as well but a lot of it was you know just kind of wondering you know okay so what does this mean why are you including this? Is there a reason why you gave this information that really doesn't really need to be in this book? And trying to figure out Blizzard's intentions, which anybody who knows Blizzard knows that's a lost cause. Well, you know Blizzard's always going to play it off. Well, this is from the perspective of Decker Kame, and he doesn't know absolutely everything, so absolutely everything's not going to be in the book. So it's going to be full of, you know, theories and, you know different things and loose ends and tangents and stuff yeah and they can always recon on it as well you know if they decide that something fits better in a slightly different you know way so it's i i'm okay with it it the the only thing is one one of the biggest notable omissions or teases i guess you could say is the fact that the black soul stone was mentioned in the book and then nothing else was about, it was just you know a very passing thing, and obviously that's because we're going to be finding out about the Black Soulstone as we play through the narrative of Diablo Three. So yes. obviously, and, and it's like this is written in the past, and it's not you know obviously Decker Kane doesn't know about everything about the Black Soulstone. But then again, there's that big 
book that Leah's looking at that she's all, I don't understand what you want me to see, Uncle, and, you know, whatever, so. Oh, yeah, from all of the uh, cinematics and things, you know. Yeah. So it does, it does a really great job in setting up, you know, giving giving players new to the universe and to the franchise, you know, a good foothold on where this game has has come from and where it's going to be jumping off from, and it's exciting. I, you know, I I just I, I I want to get into the beta. We all want to get into the beta. <laughs> I want to get into the whole story. <laughs> I think uh, one last thing uh, that I'm getting out of this is at some point with the ex- no, not with this part, but I think with an expansion, we're going to see the final battle, like the end of days as he talks about. And it's going to bring the eternal conflict between heaven and hell to Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're really going to be set up to see not only the demons, but the angels as well. Well, the opening cinematic is the beginning of End of Days, so... <laughs> so, um, do, do I want to say the one spoilery thing from the uh, last letter to Leo? I, I'm not exactly sure what you're exactly referring to. Well, you, you mentioned the opening cinematic that we saw at uh, the VGA Awards, and, uh, um, you know, it does say in this letter, it is clear that this letter is written after after the, the, the meteor or whatever comes down and makes the hole to hell. And, well, clearly Deckard Cain lives because he writes the book. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I, 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 I get where you're going with that amused me because I'm like, oh, okay, so we know we're going to see you later. So you know, mm-hmm. oh, oh no, you went down this hole, but of course we're going to we're going to find you down that hole and, and bring you back up. And clearly, Deckard Cain is never going to die because this guy just comes back from everything. I don't know, but he has the cough. Deck, deck. The cough. <laughs> the general Hello. grievous cough. That's never a good thing. <laughs> He's got the I cough, mom. No. He- but even in the letter, he doesn't think he has long. I, I'm wondering if there will be a Diablo 4. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, so, sometimes things come best in threes. Well, a lot of their book series are trilogies. So that is kind of a pattern with this. Yeah, so this could be, you know, when, once we get to that second expansion, if they end up doing that, that this could be the end of Diablo. I'm, just, I'm a little sad. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, Man, is it going to be yet. a great you ride? A yeah, it's well, going to be awesome. You know, there's going to be Diablo three. You know, there's going to be at least one expansion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, Probably, you know, yeah. maybe it goes into a different vein after that. But I, I doubt, I doubt we're going to see the end of the, you know, the end of the telling of the story of Sanctuary after this, after this game and an expansion. I, Diablo has been too popular of a franchise for Blizzard to give it up. Yeah, but we may not see it until 2022, so... Right, because we all <laughs> know that people going. play their games for decades anyway, you know? I mean, we're we're talking about this game that isn't even out yet, and we're all talking to people sending in emails about their experiences with the games that haven't been out for years, you know? Mm-hmm. They could... This could ride for a while before they do, like, a, a 4 or something. Well, we, you know, we have to do the World of Diablo, and then, um, you know, several expansions to that. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. That might be a bit much for me. <laughs> That's Titan. <laughs> um, now, World of Starcraft, I, don't know, I can see that. But. Universe of Starcraft? Maybe. Uh, but, um, 
sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, does uh, Razor or Jen, is there, or Medros, is there anything else that you want to bring up with the book, you know, that's, you know, parting thought or one last thing that, that you want to bring up that you're, you'll look back upon in hindsight and realize, oh, I should have mentioned that. When you install Diablo 3, make sure this book is by your side. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. That's probably a good idea. I don't actually have this book yet, so I want to know, like, when... Okay, maybe I'm kind of a book nerd, but when I buy a new hardcover book, I really like the way they smell. You know, they have that ink quality, and this book looks like it's so filled with ink from all of the drawings. What does it smell wow. like? Hmm. Lots of ink? I, I don't know. Lots of ink. I'm sniffing. And, uh, smells like a new book. Does it it's, smell like a new book? I mean, really? Yes, or it does. Like, how... More so than others because of all the. You know, I'm I'm not or, quite a con. I don't know. I'm not a connoisseur of the uh, odors that books give off, so <laughs> I couldn't really tell you. I can't help it. I I have a ton of allergies, so like slight little scents I pick up on that I don't think everybody else. Has Jen, I, I would tell you to go buy the book yourself, you know. or go to the bookstore and smell it. But if your bookstore is anything like ours, uh, they got eight copies at It'll the local bookstore, the and yeah. they sold out of those within the first two hours of, it, of the store opening. Um, and they don't know when they're going to get more. I try so. to avoid my local bookstore, actually. My my local bookstore I used to work in, so I don't like to go there very yeah, often. Yeah, maybe it's uncomfortable. Um, so that's why I was asking all of you, uh, I guess. It, <laughs> it, you know, it's a great book. Uh, and I, I wanna do want to thank Insane Editions, who did send me the review copy. Uh, so that I can review it on my, sh- my all of my shows, and um, I'm glad that I could come on your guys' show and talk about it a bit. Yeah, thank you yeah, very much for coming been, on. It's been awesome here. having yeah. Papa Kangaroo on the show. <laughs> oh, no. Never. <laughs> Pink flip in the mail. <laughs> yes. You're fired. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, all Wait, the barbarians I don't, rejoice. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to do the show. Oh, you're hired back. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fortunately. Oh, uh, and with that, uh, Medros, um, since I don't want to fail two two shows in a row where we've had a guest, what what do you want to plug, and, w- and where do you want to plug it? Oh, oh oops. <laughs> but I'm bumped. I would simply say yeah. everybody should check out uh, DawnForgeShows.com. We have uh, eight shows on the network right now, and we we do look forward to. Uh, have you listened to all of them? And, and, you know, we have a photography podcast, we have a food podcast, we have Jen's music podcast. Uh, Bridge and Nevik don't do any of the shows on the network, but I'm, I'm sure we'll get them on to more later on. Uh, my wife may... My, my wife I would may love They've been on that, group quests, right? That's neither here nor there. Oh, hey, <laughs> Jen. Jen, 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 Jen. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. Crash Bang did an awesome um, 12 days of Dawnforge, essentially. And... Uh, considering that this is kind of like our holiday show, uh, let's stick that at, at the end of the show. Yeah, It'd be awesome. I, I loved. I I really enjoyed it. I think we can make that happen. But yeah, otherwise, uh, Medros on Twitter and uh, just check out my main show, All Things Azeroth, where it's live Monday night at DawnForgeLive.com. So thank you everyone for listening to episode six of the Shattered Soulstone podcast, which is a part of the Dawnforge network. And we would like to thank Medros, I guess personally, in person right now, for hosting our show. You know, thanks. Thanks, Medipop. You're fired. No reaction. Okay, good. I will I will just keep going. Yeah.
I don't have to read the rest of the closing. Okay, all right. All right, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so you can read the show blog or listen to the show archives at shatteredsoulstone.com. You can find us all on Twitter. The show account is Shattered Stone. I am Nevik James. Brazier is Brazier Priest. Jen is Queen of Haiku. And, of course, you can find Papa Kangaroo at Medros. So... Um, we are on Facebook and Google, and we cannot do the show without you listeners. We need more emails for our next episode, please. So send in your contributions, questions, and feedback to show at Shattered Soulstone. Oh, my goodness. Let me trip over that again. Yeah, show at ShatteredSoulstone.com. So until next time, for me, for Jen, for Brigia, and, of course, Medros, you will find... Uh, oh, wait, no. I, I don't, I don't want to do that closing anymore. Don't forget to put on your warm and fuzzy sweater fresh dory get away get away a growing number of dawn forge shows i can't see them but i know those rogues are dancing on my corpse right now uh, three chat mods two ask moose and a small gnome in a bear tree uh, i missed the trampoline I'm sorry, little baby bears. On the eleventh day of Winter's Veil, Dawnforge gave to me eleven spare parts, ten, while as traveled nine, bacon products, eight, Medros indeed, seven, shade, giggles, six, Worgen Jew toys, yet another Dawnforge show. Say hello to my little friend rogues. Eat high-powered railgun bolts. Three chat mods, two ask moose, and a small gnome in a bear tree. I loved it, you little baby bears. I loved it, you. On the twelfth day of winter's veil, Dawnforge gave to me twelve frostmorn hungers, eleven spare parts, ten Wallace travels, nine bacon products, eight Medros indeed, seven shade giggles, six organ chew toys, five or more done for shows. Four dead rogues, three chat mods, two ask moose, and a small gnome in a bear tree. Audible hopes you've enjoyed this podcast. This has been a presentation of Dawn Forge, copyright 2012. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com.